Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us. Hope you had a good weekend, a good Mother's Day. And we're glad that you've joined us and let us be part of your day to kick off a new week. We appreciate it. Hope you're safe and well. Coming up on our program today, we'll talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Do we finally have the cold weather behind us? Let's hope so as we look ahead and see what uh, it looks like for field work this coming week. We're going to get a Washington update from Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. We'll talk about uh, the government response to COVID-19, especially for agriculture, what may come in another CARES package. All that coming up with Senator Grassley. And a planting update today comes from the boot heel of Missouri. We'll be talking with Charlie Cruz later in the program. But we're happy to start things off today and for the week with Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Hope you're well. Yes, it's a pleasure to join you, Mike. Happy Monday. Uh, well, lots to talk about. Um, let's start with USDA. Looks like they're finally going to get serious about some commodity shopping. Yes, they are. They are um, awarded the bids for $1.2 billion of these food boxes that are going to be distributed, and that's going to be a big start off for uh, buying up surplus commodities and getting them out into the hands of those who are really at the highest risk of hunger and malnutrition. And so it's it's really going to be nice to see that get going. Um, it's also going to be very interesting, Mike, to just see how it works. Uh, one of the biggest companies to get an award was Borden, uh, based in Dallas. Of course, you are familiar that they filed for bankruptcy in January, but they got the 147 million contract from the USDA to distribute fluid milk. So we'll see how this Farmers to Families Food Box program works as companies like Borden and nonprofits and others uh, struggle to take these surplus commodities and get them out to those most in need. Meanwhile, as we look for the rules and the distribution of the direct payments to help producers, it looks like USDA has heard the uh, concerns that have been raised by farm groups about the payment limits, and it looks like maybe they're going to adjust those. Well, Secretary Purdue said on uh, a radio interview last week with Brownfield that he was looking at increasing those limits. He didn't say how much. Uh, and he didn't say, and he didn't provide any clarity or detail, but that he had heard very strongly from a lot of different individuals, I think especially in the cattle industry and somewhat in the produce industry, that those limits have got to be increased. So we're patiently waiting, but I tell you, a lot of farmers are talking to us about the fact that uh, this money needs to come sooner rather than later and their lenders are starting to talk to them about the need to have some certainty. So uh, we have heard from field offices that USDA's Farm Service Agency did send a directive to say, here's what you need to be ready to accept these applications. But again, we don't have rules or details. Of course, as you raise payment limits, then that means the pool of money goes faster. You're going to run out quicker. 
Well, and that's one of the concerns that we heard even from Senator Johnson from South Dakota a couple of weeks ago, and that is that if you're really trying to spread the money as far as possible in farm country, when you have higher payment limitations, it just means that it, it gets uh, sapped out at a higher rate, and so therefore, you know, there are a lot of uh, folks who may be smaller producers who aren't going to get the money. So it's going to be controversial either way. Meanwhile, we wait to see what the next CARES package may look like. I'm anxious to talk with uh, Senator Grassley about this a little bit later on. Uh, A lot of things floating around, some pretty big numbers. It'll be interesting to see what they can come up with, what they can agree on. Well, that's where the devil's in the details once again, Mike, because as you know, the Senate Republicans, including Mr. Grassley, are very concerned about having some sort of liability shield for not only the large meat packers, but for restaurants, for anybody who employs someone and may suggest that they um, were able to get the, the COVID from the workplace. And it's, it's hard to say. Uh, in some cases, if employers aren't taking sufficient protections, maybe that's the case. In other cases, maybe it's in other locations. And so it's hard for folks to pin down. So that I know there's a real interest from Senate Republicans of having those sorts of worker of, of uh, employer protections, but also people want worker protections. They want to have PPE. They want to have enough safety materials so that when people do come back to work, they can feel comfortable in their workplace. Both have to go hand in hand. Democrats also would like to see an increase in SNAP benefits, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and so that's on on, on the table. Uh, there's also a concern about doing more for farmers, like increasing the, the CCC funding level to maybe $68 billion from where it is today at 30 But um, Colin Peterson, chairman of the House Ag Committee, said we want to increase that, but it's got to have some strings attached so that the Ag Committees have some say in addition to just Secretary Purdue. So yeah, lots that, of things that, being discussed. Yeah, Democrats have made it clear they don't plan on giving a bunch more money to USDA without some say in it how it's going to be used. Absolutely, and, and really you can't blame them because they are uh, on the authorizing committee that has traditionally written the farm bills and written the rule, written the uh, overarching uh, legislation, and then the rules have been uh, promulgated by the agency. So uh, they'd like to return to more regular order there. Meanwhile, speaking of return, it looks like some meat packing plants will return to operations this week. Yes, um, Vice President Pence was in Iowa. We had Ben Nolly up there uh, covering that event. He was touting the return of these processing plants. Fourteen are supposed to come back online, but that does not mean they're going to be coming back at full capacity. Uh, there are still uh, shortages of workers in some of these areas, and there are uh, new um, protections that have been set up that mean the line speeds won't be running quite as fast. So for the foreseeable future, we're going to see a backlog and the ability to process beef and pork. And every day that goes by, it becomes painfully clear that this recovery is going to be a long and probably slow one. Yeah, it's hard for me to see that some of these projections that we're going to have this swift uptick in the economy again are going to hold through. I think it's going to take quite a bit of time. Uh, there's a lot of supply chain disruptions that have to kind of work their way through the system. And, um, you know, in the meantime, farmers are doing their job to get out there and 
plant and produce more food, but we've just got these supply chain disruptions that are going to have to work their way through all the economy. And there are a lot of workers who, as you know, still need to get back to work and, and sort of, you know, find whatever that new normal can be in whatever respective jobs they have. All right, Sarah, good to talk with you. Stay safe, and we'll talk again next week. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Sarah Wyan, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Well, after the cold snap over the weekend, do we finally start warming up? And what about field work possibilities this week? And what parts of the country will have the better chances for that? DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson joins us next on AOA. Farmers can't choose the weather, trade policy, or market prices, but they can choose the most advanced dicamba with confidence. Ingenia herbicide has the lowest volatility of all dicamba salts for more successful on-target applications, and it's straight from the dicamba experts, BASF. So make the confident choice for your soybean crop. Talk to your BASF rep or authorized retailer. Ingenia herbicide is a U.S. EPA restricted-use pesticide. Additional state restrictions may apply. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Mother's Day weekend was cold, blustery, and in some places snowy. Let's bring in DTM meteorologists. Bryce Anderson. Bryce, I have to ask you, is winter finally over now? It is uh, going to move out after this uh, round of cold that we had, Mike. We had a little shot from the polar vortex during the past weekend. Uh, We hadn't heard that term uh, too much in the weather pattern uh, so far this uh, year, but uh, it showed up last weekend and uh, gave some uh, really cold conditions to some parts of the country brought snow into uh, portions of the northern and the northeastern U.S., and uh, it's finally relaxing as we look ahead to about Wednesday, and after that, we should be looking pretty good all the way through the rest of the month. Wow, good news indeed. Now, I know some field work still was able to go on over the weekend in some places, but others uh, not so much. Uh, So let's kind of look ahead this week, uh, when and where as we break down the country, who gets in and when this week to the fields? I think that uh, we're going to have maybe a, a couple days of, uh, of some uh, chances to do some field work in uh, the Midwest, um, particularly east of the Mississippi River, until we get to about Wednesday. Right now, we're getting a pretty good round of rain moving across the southern plains, and I think that the moisture there is, uh, is pretty timely for the wheat crop in central and southern Kansas. And uh, then later this week, we're going to have that that uh, rain pattern work east of the Mississippi uh, starting from Wednesday and then all the way through the balance of the week. Now, the the impact of that at this point in general, I think, is going to be pretty favorable because we've, uh, we've gotten ourselves into a spot where we're likely to see corn planting reported uh, this afternoon of about 70% nationwide and soybean planting 40 to 45 percent complete. Now, with that, uh, there's going to be 
a uh, pretty decent uh, round of rainfall for these uh, newly developing crops. And I think that uh, that's a that's kind of a, a large scale view. It still is going to be hard to get uh, work done in the northern plains and in like the uh, northern quarter of the Midwest. North Dakota, northern South Dakota, northwestern Minnesota, especially maybe into Wisconsin and uh, northern Michigan. And uh, in these areas, there still is going to be, I think, a, a, a tough time of it in terms of getting work done. And this is just an ongoing uh, effect long term from the very wet year that we had last year. And then uh, some of these cold patterns that have been a part of things so far this spring and have not been very favorable for getting field work done. Yeah, it's been really tough. I know in North Dakota, we hope to have a report from there tomorrow. Uh, sounds like warmer and wetter then as this week goes on. That's, uh, that's the way the pattern is acting. Uh, we're uh, starting to get uh, more, of, uh, more of an influence of a, a pretty solid area of high pressure out over the southeastern U.S., that has kept the southeast very dry, and in fact, they've had some uh, fire damage and uh, and fire concerns in parts of Florida and Georgia. They do again today, but the circulation around that southeast high is bringing in a lot of uh, moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico into the uh, southern plains, southern Midwest, into the central and eastern parts of the Midwest especially. And along with that, uh, there's a little bit of uh, storm action working in out of the western part of the country that's uh, that's going to be able to utilize that moisture in, in the form of producing shower and thunderstorm action. Uh, following that, then, uh, the uh, trend is going to be on the warmer side uh, during next week. In fact, we could see a lot of the Midwest have highs well into the 70s and the 80s during much of next week. And, and so by, say, Thursday, May 19th, uh, it's going to feel much, much different than um, Saturday, May 9th did, hmm. uh, by probably a good 20 to 25 degrees warmer. Wow, so we're kind of right, uh, ready to make the change here, hopefully, uh, for good this time, uh, for this year anyway. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Yeah, Bryce, we that that sector uh, through the Dakotas up, and, up in the, the northern tier, I mean, it's just been such a struggle for them, as you said, continuing from last year, and it's just continued right on into this year. Yeah, it really has. Uh, the the uh, circumstances, of course, in 2019 were were just very wet with uh, with nothing but but rain, and then uh, that uh, round of uh, heavy snow that hit during the fall and and caused uh, the extensive harvest problems that have been uh, discussed all the way through the past what four or five months. And then uh, there still has been uh, a round or two of snow yet this uh, spring uh, to keep things on the wet side. And it just has not, um, there really has not been any stretch of uh, truly warmer and drier conditions uh, to dry the ground out and, and allow for a little bit more conditioning of the soil. That's just not the way this pattern has acted. And uh, then with this uh, incursion of the uh, very cold air out of the far northern latitudes in the form of the polar vortex this past weekend, uh, that just added to it. And uh, so the the uh, the net effect is that the prospect is uh, still, I think, uh, quite strong for acreage uh, that is going to have to go into prevented planted status 
I don't think that that's any uh, secret, and uh, it's uh, likely to be a notable feature uh, with the lingering effect of that record year. That's the uh, one uh, feature from last year that uh, is just uh, an ongoing real headline item in that part of the country. Yeah, something we'll keep an eye on for sure. Talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, Bryce, what about a South American weather update? Well, in south-central Brazil, they were dry over the weekend, uh, kind of a disappointing round of, uh, of weather for places like Mato Grosso do Sul and Paraná states because their uh, winter crop corn, the Safrinha the crop, really needs some rainfall. And uh, this week they are in line to maybe get a quarter to one inch of precip, which would be very timely and very necessary. Uh, that Safrinha corn crop is in danger of being shaved back a little bit. And then farther uh, across the world, in Ukraine and Russia, uh, their wheat country has uh, been the beneficiary of some uh, fairly consistent rains lately with more on the way for this week, anywhere from about a half to one and a half inch rainfall. Uh, so it doesn't look like uh, the wheat supply out of the Black Sea region is going to be curtailed any this year, even though they were, they, they were very dry in March. They're getting the rains now as the wheat goes into that jointing and then early heading phases. Any other problem spots and key production areas around the world? At this time, uh, problem areas are, are pretty uh, minimal. Uh, Argentina has been very dry lately, which has been good for harvest, but it's caused some problems in, in terms of uh, river supplies for one of the uh, major river systems in Argentina, and that's actually hurt the barge traffic in Argentina. And on a more favorable note, in Australia, it does look like the rainfall has returned. So they've got good soil moisture for uh, continuing to plant their wheat crop. And that is a big turnaround from how dry and uh, catastrophically uh, dry with uh, bad fires, uh, incredible fires, they had to start out this calendar year. Mm-hmm. And finally, Bryce, you talk about a turnaround. When you mentioned uh, the planting numbers we expect to see this afternoon here in the U.S., certainly a turnaround from from a year ago. And we've talked a lot about planting conditions. Well, certainly there's still planting to do. We're also looking at conditions for uh, crop emergence and uh, the condition of these young plants. Yeah, and we are. And, and I do think that uh, with this temperature combination over, again, the majority of the Corn Belt, that we're seeing over the next uh, week to 10 days with a lot of highs in the 70s and maybe even into the 80s and uh, overnight lows of around 50 or so, there's going to be a, a lot of growing degree day totals that are, are put onto the books. And this is the time of the season when growing degree day totals on the higher side are truly advantageous to crops because that's going to indicate very favorable development and uh, you have that going on, then that means the prospect of uh, corn pollination is going to be very timely with, the again, the, uh, the favorable outcome when you talk about uh, the potential for trend line yields. Uh, the yield uh, estimate that USDA is working with right now is uh, around 178 bushels an acre, and I don't think there's any reason for uh, them to back away from that uh, with the way the uh, conditions are shaping up right now. That goes on into June with a pretty mild pattern as well. All right, Bryce, thanks for the update. Talk to you next week. Okay, Mike, very good. Thank you.
Take care. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Up next, Washington Update with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Farmers can't choose the weather, trade policy, or market prices, but they can choose the most advanced dicamba with confidence. Ingenia Herbicide has the lowest volatility of all dicamba salts for more successful on-target applications, and it's straight from the dicamba experts, BASF. So make the confident choice for your soybean crop. Talk to your BASF rep or authorized retailer. Ingenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA restricted-use pesticide. Additional state restrictions may apply. Always read and follow label directions. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Granite oil seed sector firm in early activity to begin the trading week. Hopes that China will make more major purchases of U.S. grains and oil seeds, propping up the futures on Friday. July soybeans climb Friday, the market probing towards the top of the multi-week neutral daily trading range. An hour into the day on this Monday, July soybeans five and a half cents higher, 8.56, November 8.60 and a quarter, up four and three quarters. July corn, steady. 319 and a quarter. December steady at 336. Chicago wheat, July new crop steady at 522. Minneapolis spring wheat, July up four and a half at 520 and a half. September new crop up four and three quarters, 531. Kansas City wheat, a little easier. July down a penny and a half at 478 and a half. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, the June contract fifteen cents lower at ninety four fifty. August down a dollar forty five at ninety eight seventy five. Feeder cattle resting on the lows of this early session. August down two dollars seventy two cents one thirty four twenty two. September down two dollars ninety seven cents at one thirty five seventeen. In lean hog futures, a narrow mix in the nearby contracts. June up 37 cents per hundred weight at 62.05. July down 40 cents at 61.32. For the major financial indicators on Wall Street, the Dow is down 209 points. NASDAQ down 16. The S&P down 15. June crude oil in New York up 39 cents. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And it's always good to have with us here on Adams on Agriculture, Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Senator, thank you very much for being with us. Hope you are well. Could you give us an update? How do things look on your farm in Iowa? This is the best planting season we've had for, I'll bet, 20 years to get all of our crops in by May 1, I believe, Include meaning our crops are corn and soybeans probably 60% corn, 40% soybeans. Corn, you can roll some of our corn 
if people want to go to uh, hashtag corn watch on Twitter, uh, they can see pictures from my farm. I think we've had pictures for the last three weeks. Um, I'll uh, I'll be posting an update on soybeans just as soon as we uh, get uh, soybeans peeking through uh, and things of that nature. So that's the best report I could give, but a pretty good report. And then six-tenths of an inch of rain where I live on the farm, uh, and my son is four miles away, and he got about the same amount there. We could use a little more rain now, but as I was uh, digging down for the seed, I could see that there was subsoil moisture within a, an inch of the of the uh, topsoil. Well, good to hear that things are off to a good start there on your farm in Iowa. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been watching some, looking at some of those pictures that you've had up to, uh, on social media. Uh, let's turn our attention now to the work uh, going on on another CARES package. It looks like there's uh, definitely some differences of opinion. No surprise there between your uh, party and the Democrats. Uh, where do you think we're headed with this one? Yeah. Before I answer that question, could I make a comment about? Uh, I heard your uh, your uh, network giving uh, prices for corn, and one uh-huh. of the things I said when Vice President Pence was uh, in Des Moines with us Friday, we had an ag forum, and I said, you know, th- that was the price that we were getting at uh, either New Hartford or Shell Rock where we sell our corn. And I said, uh, when I started farming in the 1960s, uh, corn was between ninety eight and a dollar four for most of that ten year period of time uh, ninety eight cents and a dollar four per bushel and uh, I said you could buy a tractor I think for roughly fifteen thousand uh, dollars, maybe a little less than that in some instances and I said that gives you an idea how bad uh, the the price of corn is at two seventy two now to answer your question about cares act. I don't know whether there's any disagreement that there might be a CARES Act. You could get that opinion, but I think there's almost a foregone conclusion there's going to be a phase four of CARES. But when do you start talking about it? Well, Pelosi's talking about putting in a bill tomorrow that has maybe $2 trillion worth of spending. Uh, And I think there would be disagreement on what, the money ought to be spent for and the amount of money but uh, right now the Senate at least Senate Republicans and the president too and Secretary Mnuchin that uh, Mnuchin does most of our negotiation we've kind of taken the view we put almost three trillion dollars out there all borrowed money and a lot of that money isn't even out of the US Treasury yet uh, for instance, maybe $75 billion is just an example to hospitals not out. And whatever else isn't out, I don't keep up on it every day. But we ought, to, we ought to at least see two things. One, when all that money gets out, do we still have a problem? And we may still have a problem. But we ought to wait and make that decision maybe three or four weeks from now. Uh, and uh, and then decide what to do and how much of it to do. That's that's the main disagreement right now. It is interesting. Uh, the Democrats seem 
in a bigger hurry on this one, but in the last two, it seems like they weren't as in a bigger hurry, and that was the rub then. Yeah. Well, here's here's some of the things. Uh, you 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 look uh, you, you look at 175 billion going to hospitals, 150 billion dollars going to the state, and Iowa's was one and two tenths trillion dollars, or one and two tenths billion dollars of that 150 billion. And then you've got X number of dollars going to the universities and colleges of Iowa and the community colleges of Iowa. And then you've got, uh, we've increased the reimbursement to our hospitals from Medicare significantly uh, just for this pandemic and Medicaid as well. It seems to me we need to put all that together and see what the situation for me is in Iowa for other senators what it is in their state and and analyze that very specifically and then determine on what the need further need there is uh, and then you also got to take into consideration now that we're opening up the economy what's that going to do how fast it's going to turn around because the faster it turns around it seems like the less need there would be to help particular states and cities and stuff but that doesn't foreclose the fact that there might be another bill, which was your original question. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Um, now there's uh, talk as we're waiting to see about direct assistance to farmers, and many ag groups have weighed in and said we need to adjust these payment limits for it to be the most effective, and there seems to be an indication that USDA is looking at indeed doing that. What are your thoughts there on payment limits? Well, everybody knows for the last uh, 30 years, with each farm bill coming up, I've been an advocate for payment limits and even tighter payment limits than have been uh, finally in the bill and finally in department regulation. Uh, What I would want to know, and I don't know what those new limits might be, but the extent to which those limits are raised, there may be a justification for certain big farmers are really being hurt now, maybe more than we anticipated a month ago when we passed the CARES Act with $19 billion in it. But the extent to which we uh, help more big farmers get more payment, I want to know that there's enough to help every farmer that is entitled to help under the program and the extent to which those limits are raised that could be a problem for the goal i seek of helping every farmer to some extent yeah the higher you raise the limits and the faster the money goes and it might not get to as many people i understand what you're saying there uh let's let's look at the noticeable absence so far of assistance for the biofuels industry, and you're a champion for the biofuels industry. Is there going to be any help coming for them? Well, first of all, Ernst and I and a couple other, maybe several more senators, I don't know the exact number of senators, but we wrote to the Secretary of Agriculture to get help out of this CARES Act, the $19 billion dollars. We wanted to do it in the way of helping subsidize feedstock going to the to these uh, plants, and uh, I don't think we've got an answer back from the Secretary of Agriculture on that point. That'd be money out of the CCC. 
Now, when the CARES Act was up a month ago, now it's been six weeks ago, I think, we, uh, we, we took the position, I and senators that support ethanol, along with the ethanol industry, if there was help for oil companies, there had to be help for uh, biofuels. Uh, there was a lot of talk at that time of helping oil companies, and we put in a couple amendments that we were going to help ethanol, biofuels, uh, but there wasn't any help for oil. So let's go back to now are we going to have uh, another phase four, which was your original question to me. Uh, uh, if It'll be the same principle. Uh, the ethanol being 10% in almost every gallon of petroleum products passed, sold in the United States, there's a good connection. So we ought to we ought to seek that same equity if we have a phase four. Yeah, and we're still, meanwhile, the ethanol industry and the biodiesel bio industry really hurting. Uh, so the sooner that assistance would come, the the better. Uh, there are also more attacks on the renewable fuel standard. Do you think you'll be able to fend those off again? Well, there again, uh, EPA got a letter from petroleum state senators uh, that asked for the RFS to be waived during this pandemic. So we sent another, uh, again, another group of uh, biofuels senators, that'd be mostly corn state senators. We sent a resolution saying they shouldn't do that. Uh, we haven't had any indication that EPA is going to do that. And I think EPA ought to know that it's going to hurt the president if they would do that. All right, Senator, thank you for your time. And always good to get to your perspective, not only in these issues, but that uh, that that report from your farm, a good reminder for us that uh, there you are in Washington, D.C., key position of leadership, and you bring that farmer perspective to things. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, at Senator Chuck Grassley is my Twitter, hashtag uh, Cornwatch. Goodbye. All right, we'll check it out. Thank you, Senator. <laughs> Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. All right, up next, we'll get a planting update from the boot heel of Missouri. Charlie Cruz joins us next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. This is a call for all farmers to come to the aid of their beans. Liberty Herbicide can now be applied on your Enlist E3 soybeans. Superior weed control, greater application flexibility, no known resistance in U.S. row crops. Liberty Herbicide battles tough weeds so your beans can live free and grow healthy. Talk to your BASF rep to learn more. Always read and follow label directions. Liberty is a registered trademark of BASF and List E3 is a trademark of Dow AgroSciences. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. 
Well, our planting update today takes us to the boot heel of Missouri, and we're talking with Charlie Cruz. Charlie, good to talk with you again. How are you? You doing well? Doing well, Mike. It's good to talk to you again, too. Yeah, we're doing fine. I hope you are, too. Yes, very much so. Uh, what about the planting? Uh, you're, I always kid you about how early you usually get planted there in the boot heel. <laughs> what about this year? Well, Mike, you and I have had a lot of conversations about we usually plant corn in March, and this year I'm not aware of a seed of corn going into the ground in March. We had a very cold and a very wet spring, uh, and then we had a little opening in April, and most of the corn is planted, if not all of it, in the boot heel, and most of it's up and looks pretty good. Um, soybeans, are a lot of them are planted, and uh, rice is pretty much planted. There's a little cotton planted in the last 10 days. I think some of these guys may wish they hadn't planted it. We had frost over the weekend and temperatures in the high 30s. Cotton doesn't like that kind of weather at all, and so I hope the cotton that's planted will be okay, but that's pretty iffy. But, uh, again, we've just had a cold, wet spring and uh, got more rain in the forecast uh, starting tomorrow for this week. Well, maybe uh, be a better year for you not have to use that irrigation quite as much this year. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, my dad was one of the early pioneers in, in putting land to grade down here for irrigation started in the early 1960s. He always told me, son, you'll always need to irrigate at least once or twice every year, and that's always been true. But uh, last year was a year we didn't have to irrigate nearly as much as normal, and this may be the year, too, but, you know, they always say in weather, one extreme follows the other, so we can turn off really hot and really dry this summer. Yeah, it can change in a hurry. Uh, did you have uh, a lot of prevent plant acres in your area, and if so, are those acres back in production this year? We did. Uh, we did have a lot. Uh, maybe percentage-wise, not as many acres as, uh, obviously, in a lot of places last year. But yes, those acres are back in production this year, and um, you know while we while we got a late start this spring, and and uh, have had just a few opportunities to be in the field, uh, we're actually planting wise uh, ahead of where we were last year this time, and so uh, you know that's a good sign. And as you know, Mike, anymore, you get a few days opening up with the equipment we have today, we can get a lot of stuff done in a hurry. Sure can. Uh, have you seen any problems related to the COVID-19 situation as far as supplies, getting what you need and things like that? No, we really haven't. Um, you, you know, there was a real concern when we actually got nothing done in March. There was a real concern that we'd see a bottleneck in fertilizer uh, just because of not getting anything done in March and everything's going to hit at once. But uh, I think everything so far has been going okay, and I haven't heard of any supply shortages of anything, any inputs uh, at this point. So I, it looks like everything's going to be okay from that standpoint. Charlie, from your many years in agriculture and as a leader with, with Missouri Farm Bureau and other organizations, uh how do you relate what we're going through now with this pandemic to anything that we've had in the past? You know, Mike, I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen anything like this. Um, certainly have never, I don't think any of us have ever seen 
uh, our entire country completely shut down uh, the way it was and for the reason that it was. Um, here in the Boot Hill, we're like most other rural areas. We've we've really had uh, comparatively uh, not that many cases uh, of coronavirus. A lot of counties, uh, and some counties in the Boot Hill have had zero cases. A lot of counties, including my own county, have had zero deaths and, and just a few cases. But uh, this has been something I have never experienced before, and quite frankly, something I never thought we would see in this country. I, I think we all just hope and pray we can get things back to normal as quickly as possible and, and keep things going. And, the, you know, there's so much. It's impacting everyone, obviously. But I know you've got a lot of friends in the livestock industry and the biofuels industry, and, and they're really hurting right now. They really are. And, and you know, Mike, I, I look back, I think we all do. You look back and uh, you realize your dad taught you a lot of things, even when you weren't sure that he was teaching you things. But, you know, when I was growing up, we my dad had a cow-calf operation and a, and a hog operation. Uh, over the years in the boot hill, livestock has completely gone away pretty much. But my dad always told me, son, if you ever see one segment of agriculture sort of get out of whack with the other, you've got really problems. And so I've always felt, uh, you know, as a row crop farmer, uh, we depend on livestock and the livestock industry depends on the row crop farmer. We're all in this together. And as you mentioned, biofuels has really taken a hit. Uh, the livestock industry has really been hurting. And you know, Mike, one thing that I think we've seen through this whole thing the last month and a half or so, one thing, even though there have been some shortages uh, at the grocery store in some cases, we really have not had to worry in this country about our food supply. And I think that's something we can all be thankful for and something we can be thankful to the wonderful production agriculture system we have in this country. For sure. Charlie, it's so good to talk with you again and hope uh, that uh, your uh, your year keeps going well. Glad to hear you're off to a, a good start, maybe a slower start than you would have liked, but still a good start with planting and hope all goes well uh, for you and Pam and the whole family. Take care, okay? Thank you, Mike. It's always good to talk to you. All right, Charlie Cruz from Dexter, Missouri, in the boot heel with an update on conditions there. We'll continue planting updates uh, throughout this week from around the country and also continue to look at uh, uh, the USDA assistance for agriculture, what's going on there, and uh, also uh, the work in Congress on the CARES package. Interesting perspective while ago from Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. With that, we thank you for joining us. As always, stay safe, be careful. Hope you'll be with us again tomorrow right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.